You're listening to another life-giving message from Living Faith Church San Diego. We are a church for sinners by sinners, and we are on a mission to help you discover your purpose, live in power, and live out your God-given potential. For more information about Living Faith Church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Again, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Now open up your hearts and minds for this transforming message from Living Faith Church. All right. I want to talk about God is love. Let's pray real quick. All right. Father God, thank you so much. I just pray that you just come into this room and that we will begin to feel the love of God. Speak through me and may this be a word that changes our heart to love you deeper. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So here's a question. What is your perspective of who God is? Are you thinking God is a God that is this old man, he has this long beard, and he's holding this staff, and he's ready to smite you down? Is that your version of who God is? Is your version of who God is your best friend, who you're able to talk to anytime and be so real for who, for everything that you're going through? Is God your perspective of someone who's silent that just watches over you? And he never talks. Is God someone as maybe you believe is your father or your mother that you just relate to as your, your parent? What is your perspective of who God is? You know, I remember I, um, going to Bible, Bible college. Um, one of the things I, people ask me, how did you like Bible college? I was like, I absolutely hated it. <laughs> it was a really bad <laughs> experience for me. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for the people that had a great experience, but for me, it was not at all. I um, went through a lot of pain through Bible college, and I remember going in, and as I was going in, um, I've never felt so much judgment from going to Bible college. I've always went to secular schools. These are people, uh, schools that were non-Christian, non-religious. And so when I went into Bible school, I had a culture shock, even though I grew up in the church all my life, but I didn't realize how judgmental people were. And the thing is, is that um, people judged me for um, just being human, that I wasn't like everyone else. Um, we even had people place bets and see how long it until Stephen and I would break up. Um, <laughs> and it's a real story, and it's just because him and I are so opposite. But then I thank God for our opposite because we're like yin and yang, and his, his weaknesses are my strengths, and my strengths are his weaknesses. And so we end up lifting each other up, and even though it's been 17 years, I'm deeper in love with him. So I praise God for that. And, <laughs> and I can say, um, so the pain that I went through in Bible school. Um, unfortunately, in that pain, because I've never, I was around everyone who was Christian, I said, God, is this what you think of me? People who um, started to judge me um, didn't, didn't feel like people really loved me. Um, I said, is this the reflection of who you think of me? Because I'm around everyone that's supposed to reflect you. I'm around pastors. I'm around missionaries, evangelists, I'm around um, uh, prophets, you name it, 
every person there that was supposed to be there, not are only Christians, but are called to ministry and leadership that are supposed to be seen as these holy people. And so there was a point in Bible school where I said, God, you hate me because I'm around all these people and they're supposed to be a reflection of who you are and this is how you view me. My first year of Bible school, I cried every single day because I was so fearful of who God was. I saw him as a, as a God who is the old man with the long beard, holding the staff, looking down at me, and ready any second to smite me down. And that was my perception of who God was. Until the time I went into Bible school, I mean, in my dorm, and I remember I would go all the time, and I would pray, and I would cry because I was so scared. I thought God hated me so much. And I remember I was crying and crying and crying in the lounge. And um, all of a sudden, this one day, I just felt whew, the love of God. It was the first time I felt the love of God. And I said, God, you don't hate me. I could not believe it. You don't hate me. What I thought, what the humans, the, the Christians around me that were a reflection of you wasn't really a reflection of you. I thought, wow, you love me. And I said, I have to make a mission and show everyone that Jesus loves you. Because the reflection of what humans reflect God is not always accurate. But when you have an encounter with who Jesus is, and in order to have an encounter, you experience the love of God. And so that was my journey of saying, God, help me to learn to love like you. Because we don't see enough people who truly love the resemblance of who God is. And I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it myself. So in 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. We love him because he first loved us. That is saying that God loves you first before you loved him. He didn't expect you to love him first. Even if you didn't love him, guess what? God still loves you. It doesn't matter where you're at in life. You can be a Satanist. You could be oh, someone who's into witchcraft, a psychic. You could be whatever you are in the world. You could be on drugs, addicted. You could be whatever. But guess what? God loves you for you. He loved you first. And all he's doing is saying, I'm waiting for you to love me back. He's not saying, I'm waiting for you to change to love me back. He's saying, I already love you. That is what God is saying. In Genesis 127, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So God created man in his own image, saying that God, that it's easy to say, well, like I thought, all these people around me that were Christians were resemblance of what God viewed me as the perspective. But when I read this, I, I had to dig deeper. I was like, God, what, what does this verse mean if we're all created in your image? And it says here, um, when, I, when I looked deeper in this, it says this verse is a symbolic relationship with God and humanity. Um, it means that uh, humans are in, are in the image of God in their moral, spiritual, and intellectual nature. 
So moral, spiritual, and intellectual nature. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? And I had to stop and think. And I thought, you know what? We're created in God's image in the fact that we have morals, that we're spiritual, and that we have intellect. But animals don't have that. Animals don't have the same thing. Animals don't have, they didn't create cities. They don't have government systems. They don't have jobs. Animals don't have that type of intellect. They don't have that ability to even reach that level. But because God is so mighty, we have our reflection of his image. We have that ability. That's how we're created in the image of God. See, animals, we look at them, all they do, all tofu does is eat. (laughs) He goes to the bathroom, he sleeps, he plays, and he's great, and that's it. (laughs) And that's, that's his routine every single day. (laughs) he will never have the ability to have the moral the the moral the spiritual or intellect as we do as humans look at uh africa and the lions and the tires and bears they're always going to have that same cycle but with humans if you look in the beginning of time of adam and eve until now look how much we progressed and so We can't place God as a human. And so it's easy to say, oh, well, well, I don't, what does that mean? See, we understand we are made in the image of God, but everything we are as humans does not always reflect God. God doesn't have sin. He doesn't carry sin. We do as humans. And so it's easy for people to say, well, I blame God for, and it's easy to say, oh, well, for for COVID, for the tsunamis, for the natural disasters, for the murders out there. That's all God's fault. And I don't know about you, but have, has, have you ever one time in your life blamed God for something tragic? I have. <laughs> but that's not the reflection of who God is. The re- he doesn't want negative things to happen in your life. He doesn't want, it, he's love. But it's so easy to say, God, this is your fault. This is, I'm blaming you for this. But that's not who God is. And it's easy to put the blame and push, our, push ourselves further away, thinking this is the, who the image of God is. That's not who he is. So God is not human in the fact that he, he doesn't carry the sin. He's given us a gift of having the moral, spiritual, and intellect of him. I think that's really powerful to understand that. People are not God, and I want to talk about that. Because we see all around that we see leaders in the church that fall. We see people in the church that gossip, uh, Christians holding up signs, condemning people. And it's easy to say, well, and you know, unfortunately, people like that, people run away from the church, and they think the church is very hypocrite. They hate the church. Actually, there's so many people, I'm so surprised how many people believe in, who, who don't even like the church because of how this is, how people are. But we have to understand that people are not God. They're still humans. We ha- it's so important. 
And so you have to understand that God will never fail you. And here's a great story of how we need to understand that people are not God. Luke 10, 30 through 37. It says, then Jesus, Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jer- Jerusalem of Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. So that sucks. Now, <laughs> by chance, a certain priest came down to the road, and when he saw him, he passed by the, on the other side. So this priest saw the dude and decided, I'm going to pass him and go on the other side and ignore him. All right? Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So he's avoiding this man that's on the ground, wounded on the ground. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So we went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him in his, on in his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave him to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. And here's the story I want to bring up, because I want to bring up the point that people are not God, because we see that leaders, we look at leaders and we think, oh, well, they're a reflection of God. Yes, people can be a reflection of God, but we can't say that's the ultimate reflection of who God is. Because if we do that, then it's easy to fall away from God. So the first person who decided to, you know, swipe away from, from the guy who's wounded on the ground was a priest. Who is the priest? He's a mediator. He's the one, the connection between God and him. He's the voice of God, right? He's, he's that person. And he decided to go and sway and be like, oh, I didn't see the dude. All right, the Levite. Who is the Levite? He was the... He was pretty much the worship leader. He was the musicians, the gatekeepers, the people who came in and helped uh, serve the church. They're also another step of leadership in, in, in the Jewish temple. And so he as well is seen as a leader, but he wanted to you know, cover his eyes and see the wounded man. But the person who, um, and so those two were seen as holy people. Those two were seen as godly people. The, the last one was a Samaritan who's half Jew and Gentile. And the, re, the Jews rejected the Samaritans, but he was the one who was seen as the least holiest in, in that step, went up and said, I'm going to help you out. And so I want people to understand that people are not human as well. And that we can't always look at, um, we've seen big-time evangelists, big-time pastors fall. But, and I've seen many people who, because they fell, they stopped believing God. And they said, oh, God is not real, because that person fell. And the thing is, God is never fails. That person is human. And, and uh, that's really important to know. But here's the thing. When we understand that, the goal is to know who Christ is. We can look, we, 
we look at four people for guidance, but once you have a real encounter with who Jesus is, with who God is, then it doesn't matter the reflection of what people are. We're all human, and we can always be forgiving if we understand that. And if we have a personal relationship with who Christ is, then we know the true being of who he is, and nothing will sway you. And so I want to talk about, now we talked about two different ways of God is not human in that he's sinful and wants pain amongst people. And the other one is people are not God in that they're not a reflection of who God is. They're still human. And so who is God? God is love. For it says in 1 John 4, 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. And so what is God? Or what is love? Love, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, it says. This is my favorite Bible verse. Um, it's love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And so we can read that verse, and it can go across your head. Okay, that's nice, God. I'm, I'm glad you're, you're love. But let's stop and imagine what is love. What is love? Patience. God is so patient. Can you imagine when you're a little kid and you kept poking at your parents on the shoulder? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> or your kid does that and you just get so angry? Well, we can all relate to that. But you know the great thing about who God is? Even though that has happened to us, we've done it to God over and over again. And in, this, in that, God still has patience for us. I don't know how many times I've done the same thing over and over again that I failed and failed and failed. And God is still so patient. God is so kind. He is always kind. That even when we screw up, even though when he messes up, he's still kind to us. He doesn't push us. He doesn't kick us out of the door. He doesn't tell us to leave home. He still protects us and he's so kind to us. He's not envious of us. You know what? It's so easy for us to be jealous of other people, whether they have a new car, a new job, uh, a new nice purse, whatever it is. But you know what? When you succeed, guess what God is doing? He's cheering you on. He's so excited. Great on the new job position. Great on, you know, you have this new car. He's there. He's, he's just like, he's never envy of you. He's rejoicing with you. He's, he's not easily angered. He is so not easily angered that even when we mess up, he's, he's calm and patient. And boastful is another thing. It's easy for, you know, maybe someone w would want to brag about themselves, but he's the one. He's your biggest cheerleader. He's the one who's boasting about you because he's so proud of you. If we can imagine that um, the next one is proud, him being so proud of you as you're his child. This is who God is, and this is how he views you. He's so, he honors you, and he knows what you like and what you don't like. He's, uh, God is not self-seeking, but he's, 
He's always wanting the best intentions for you. I remember yesterday we were at um, a family uh, party and one of um, my aunt's fiance was saying he doesn't like going to networking events. He said because he doesn't like going to networking events because people seem like they have wrong motives. That when you talk to them, they're, they're, there's always a motive behind like, oh, I want you to buy my product, so I'm talking to you. And it, it, sometimes it comes out fake. And uh, you know the thing is, God, he's, he's, his motives are never like that. He's never self-seeking, but his motives are always, I want the best for you. And he, the best thing is he keeps no records of wrong. He never, no matter how much we screw up, no matter how many times we've fallen, God never holds on to that. He forgives and he forgets and he moves on. This is the type of love that God has for you. And here's the thing. When we encounter who Jesus is, we encounter the love of God. Any person who encounters who Jesus is always encounters this unconditional love. I remember when I was, the first time I felt God's love was the first time he just rocked me in his love. And this love is a greater love than your human parents would ever have for you. This love that, you, that he has for you will rock your world. It's a love that is so pure and it's like, whoa, is this real? Is this real? And so this is my heart and my prayer. And I, I don't know, but before, as we were praying and we were doing worship, I really felt like maybe someone in here has never felt the love of God. There's, there's a thing, there's a difference between saying, okay, I believe in you, oh, or maybe not. I don't know if you're real. But when you actually know who God is, you're going to encounter his love. So that's one, one, I just felt like maybe someone was feeling, you know what, I've never felt the love of God. I wish I did. I want to know what that feels like. And then <clears throat> I felt also, there's, I don't know, in here or online, I feel like someone has been blaming God and that's pushed that person from receiving the love of God. Like maybe that person felt the love of God one time, but then something happened in your life where you're like, all right, I'm pushing, I still believe in you, but I'm pushing your love away. I'm not accepting it. I'm not receiving it. I just, I feel like I'm blaming you for whatever instance that happened. And I'm not, there's this like wall. You're not, you're not receiving it. And I felt God say, I want you to encounter a deeper love with me. When you encounter that love, I promise you it will rock your world. There's nothing greater than encountering, encountering the love of God, knowing what true, pure love is, a love that's never even had sin touched to it. It's the purest form of love is God's love. So every eye closed, every head bowed, everyone lift up your hands if you're ready to feel the love of God. Thank you, God. Before we start, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, 
Repeat after me and say, Father God, I accept you into my heart. I declare heaven is my home and God is my Father. Thank you, Lord. And thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, we just invite you right into this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Touch, touch our hands, Lord. Touch our hearts. We invite you into this room. Love, love, love. We just pray love. Whatever happened in the past, Lord, love. We just invite your love into our hearts. Let us feel you. Let us feel you. If you're ready to feel the love of God, say, Lord, I'm ready to feel you more. I'm ready to feel deeper in love with you. Thank you, God. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I pray that every person under, every person here, that they will begin to he- feel the love of God. That the encounter, that they're, they're, they maybe never had had an encounter with you, but we just pray that an encounter, an encounter with the love of God will just come. That we will feel your love like just the over, over joy of your love. That laughter will come. And that we'll feel depression just leave. We thank you so much. Pour out your love. Pour out your blessing. Pour out your anointing. Thank you, God. Help us to fall deeper in love with you. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you, God. give you all the praise and glory in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this life-giving message from Living Faith Church. For more information about our church, text the word podcast to 1-888-305-2303. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we will see you next time on the Living Faith Church podcast.